Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Light the Fight, and we're coming to you right after Christmas time. As always, I'm David. And I'm Heidi. And we're here to hopefully enlighten you with some information about how to improve the relationships in your life. But today you're going to have to figure out the message because we don't really have a message today, but we do have some fresh, off-the-press, really difficult struggles that we just want to talk to you about today because we got nothing for you as far as teaching today, but hopefully you can learn something from well, what we got going on right now. You and know, it's not it's all bad. It's a good thing you're not in sales, David. Oh, I'm a horrible salesman. <laughs> I used to tell people, oh, this is a horrible product. You don't want this. And my boss is like, what are you telling that for? I'm like, well, it's technically true. Yeah, nobody wants nobody wants what you're selling, David, crying out loud. But it's honest, though. I mean, I mean, we're so here. Okay, let's just jump right into it. So, um, this has been a, a difficult holidays um, for me physically, just because I was sick, and for Heidi for some reasons that you're about to hear. But we want to start with you know some pretty life changing stuff that happened, and so I want to give a little disclaimer: what Heidi and I are about to talk about, it's not our story to tell the details of the story because. I, first of all, I don't know the details of this story. And second off, um, it's something that's so fresh and something that just recently happened to someone in our community that we want to honor and respect where they're at. But we do believe that us talking about what's going on right now and Heidi sharing some things about how it's affected her in, in, in some different ways. Um, I, I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation and I'm looking forward to to hearing more about it because Heidi and I just barely started to talk about it before we got on the microphone today. So Heidi, why don't you start us out with, um, you know, basically what took place, you know, last night and this morning. And then along with the disclaimer, I just want to say, if anyone knows uh, the specific details of what we're talking about, we we prefer you not comment on about it on our social media because it's it's a tragedy that just took place and we want to honor and respect the people who are actually you know, experiencing this in the family and the friends that are going through this at this time. So Heidi, could you please share kind of, you know, what took place recently? Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to just start out by saying that I don't actually believe that there is a time that, um, I mean, I know the holidays are hard f for everybody. Uh, well, they're not hard for everybody. They're hard for people who struggle, especially. Um, and I don't know if if the holidays heightens this. You know, is it the chicken or the egg? Is it it the holidays that that heighten things, or if um, being around friends? 
family and friend and and having that magnification on your lack or what you perceive to be your lack or or whatever you know um I think the holidays can just be really hard and and speaking for myself um I know that you really just want to enjoy the holidays so much I don't think there's anybody if we took a poll right now and said who wants to enjoy the holidays I think it would be 100% you you have this this perception that it's going to um this is going to be magical and um that's I mean talk about salesmen that that's what we're being sold that's um and then as it goes strangely enough maybe your problems don't disappear as um you're supposed to be having fun and experiencing all this joy and uh i think for myself i really wanted to feel all the good things about this holiday um season especially having my son home from his mission i just i wanted to enjoy that i wanted it to to be wonderful and yet um i still struggled with life <laughs> you know cuz life doesn't you can't put it on hold um except for maybe this week in between christmas and new years like who knows what day it is but um last night or i should say early this morning i started to get some texts on my phone and um a sweet dear friend of mine i was i was getting text from a mom who is a listener a, a podcast listener but a long long time friend um and i started getting text from her son and he had he had just lost a friend to suicide just hours earlier and the two questions that were coming in via these texts were two very different questions um but both basically the same how do we do this how do we support this family how do we support our friends what do we do and immediately there's this feeling that i know so well of just this huge pressure just sitting down on my chest just pushing so hard that i can't even i can't even breathe And I'm sitting in my bed, it's three o'clock in the morning, and I'm just saying this prayer of, what do I say? What do I tell them? What do I, I started feeling the mom and the siblings. I started to feel the questions and just oh it's the worst 
It's the worst feeling. And um, the young man that is a, also a dear friend to me um, knew this this boy well. It was a dear friend of his. And the the question is, you know, how do we keep going as a as a friend group? And um, you know, I, I I don't take this I didn't take this situation lightly at all because the truth is, there's no words. There's no plate of cookies. There's no warm blanket. There's no, there's nothing that takes away or eases or, honestly, there's no comfort in this situation. Um... And I started to relive I started to relive the hours right after word was out that Corey had passed away. And I started to remember what was transpiring. And in my mind, I was searching to remember what gave me comfort. Where did what helped me? The first thing that I remember that helped me, I shared with them this morning was that when we drove up to our house when we were coming home from the hospital, there were, there were ribbons tied in our yard. And at first when I saw the ribbons, my heart crushed down even more than, than it was because I was, because I was ashamed. At this point I hadn't, really faced anybody. I hadn't really talked to anybody with my voice. <laughs> um, and even though when I looked at those trees and what was lining our, our street, it was this equal parts um, validation of my extreme sadness that this was real and they still love us anyway being seen and acknowledged and loved openly was the first point of comfort that i remember feeling and i have sh i have shared that advice with others who um have asked me in last night shared that with them and that's something that they did they 
took school colors, tied ribbons on trees, and it, even in that there, for me, it was comfort, and I can only speak for myself. Um, the mom of this, of my, my friend, who's the mom of, I can't, I don't want to use names or anything, not the mom of the son, of the boy who died, the mom of the friend then started saying to me, I'm really worried about these boys. This, they have a close knit friend group. What am I, what am I going to do about these boys? How am I going to help them? And again, you know, my heart just seizes up. And and I remember, I remember the look in the eyes of my son's friends. And this searching my eyes for reassurance. And Was I going to be okay? Were they going to be okay? We, we looked at each other and just didn't know, right? Um, but right after Corey, um, right after news was out on social media about Corey dying, um, immediately there was a young man that was organizing a, a gathering, a candle-like gathering, and they had invited us, and I was like, Oh, there's, there's no way. I didn't want to face anyone. I didn't want to be around anyone. Again, my shame for what had happened was so overwhelming. Um, but I drove by it. And in a park near our house in a sunken park, there were hundreds of kids in this big, huge circle holding candles. My brother was there, and he started texting me the stories. So they kind of went around in the circle, and they started telling stories about Corey. And as fast as he could, he was texting the stories and shooting them off to me. Some stories that I'd heard, some stories I didn't know, kids I didn't know, experiences I didn't know. These stories filled me with so much joy in my son. This, this true reminder that he was a person. It wasn't about what he had, what had happened, what, what he had just done by taking his life, that he was this person that people loved that made people laugh and made people happy and he took care of people and he... These stories brought me so much light and so much joy in this moment of just really extreme, extreme devastation. And so my advice this morning to my friend was to gather these boys, have them share pictures, print pictures, and start telling these stories.
remembering the good stuff, the funny stuff, the quirks, the little idiosyncrasies about this kid. Bring it all to light. Talk about it. Celebrate it. And separate what what, what was this final act here on this earth from all the millions of amazing acts that had happened up until that point. Because that's not what we, that's not what I want to remember Corey by. That's not what I want his siblings or my grandchildren or his friends to remember about Corey. I want them to remember these stories and that smile. And I can promise you this, that when those stories start to be shared, there is a light that comes in and a love and a a joy that turns all of the shame and the darkness around. Um... The last thing that I told him is to show up, to show up for his friends and to show up for that family. I was so afraid of what people were going to think about Corey, about me, about our family. I kept on thinking to myself, what are people thinking is going on inside the walls of our home? Like, I couldn't even imagine what was being thought about this to have this happen. Um, well, I'm sure you can imagine some bad things. Well, that's what I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah. And when people came and there was not one condemning I there was nothing but tremendous outpouring of love and support Uh, it changed it changed my um, my shame my being ashamed of what happened and helped me to own what happened? It helped me um, to accept and and not uh, hate. I hated it. I, I can't say that I didn't hate it. Only I'm just going to say that it helped me to own what had happened, which is this critically important moment, especially for something like this. Having his friends, my friends, people that mattered to me show up and not be afraid to be there for me. Even though it was super uncomfortable and stigma, like, I was so uncomfortable being seen. Um, 
And that's what, that's what they did today. This friend group gathered themselves together with their mothers. And they went and showed up. And you don't have to, like, bring food or money or candles or stuff to animals. You don't need to anything. I think we're all, like, afraid of, okay, what gifts should we bring? What We can't go empty-handed. You absolutely can go empty-handed, and you absolutely don't have to say a word. You just show up. And... And, and be there for them. Um, I was thankful that I was able to share that. Also, it helped me remember where my greatest comfort did come from, that there actually was comfort. where I didn't think I would ever find comfort. So this whole entire showing up thing, um, this holiday's been a little hard for you to show up to everything. You oh. want to show up to it. <laughs> oh, I didn't know a better segue to how, how we get goes. to that place. <laughs> Remember, if you remember some of our early session, some of our early uh, podcasts, it's more like Heidi, you know, <laughs> so Heidi just figuring out as she goes. Um, so we're getting back to our original programming, and uh, yeah, showing up, man. Sometimes when you don't show up, do you think it makes people feel ashamed? Because if showing up makes people feel amazing, great, and you're bettering someone else's life, the opposite of showing up is probably no bueno. <laughs> You know, that is that is absolutely true. And again, she was our correspondent, so she went out <laughs> through the holidays. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. Let everybody in on the joke. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It is so much easier to avoid, right? It is so much easier to be too busy. I am so good at being busy. In fact, I, you know, sometimes you, you've given me PhDs, like honorary PhDs. I think that I deserve some type of, like, trophy in busyness, for sure. And I'm not really sure how this played out. Um, I didn't. I didn't have a bunch of energy. I didn't commit myself to stuff. I didn't sign up for stuff. I didn't make plans. So here's what happens when you're not busy. You have this like vast amount of time to feel stuff. And sometimes... It's hard to feel it. 
I think that was the thing that made this holiday's season um, so uniquely (laughs) difficult for me was that in my attempt to make space to enjoy the holidays (laughs) by not over booking myself and beknownst to myself (laughs) I made this huge space for me just to feel stuff (laughs) um and I wasn't like feeling all this joy and rejoicing well, I think you, you told me like, oh, Dave, I think I'm in a new stage of grief because the anger one is, it's, it's, it's on deck. Like you're feeling some different parts of it that you weren't used to feeling amongst others, you know. Well, and, and that is true. I, I've always known that anger was on that. To-do list. <laughs> Whole grief yeah. cycle, but I I don't like being angry. Um, so you get mad when you get angry. <laughs> I get mad at myself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like being angry. Um, I don't like who I am when I'm angry. And so I kind of just had planned to not do the anger part. Skip that one. Because it, I felt like it was a very non-productive emotion for me. And a lot of people I've talked to that when they get to the anger one, they think that this is so selfish of me. Like, like I have so much to be blessed for. I'm so much to be thankful for. Like, well, why should I be angry? What like, a waste of energy. And history has proven, A, you don't get to schedule which stage of grief you want to be in. <laughs> and B, once you're in a stage, you're there. And it just, it's up to you how long you're going to be there sometimes, you know, and, and yeah, when you said like David, something's going on. I'm angry and I'm pissed. I'm like, keep talking. How keep can going. you like? I mean, how can you be pissed? Like and blessed when <laughs> when baby Jesus is being born. You're right? not allowed to be pissed, right? Because the Son of God is born on this day, and so we can't be mad. But you can be mad trying to get in and out of Fashion Place Mall the day before when everybody's running each other over in hysteria. Man, that. But I get what you're saying. It's It, it just didn't. I that just was didn't very feel like I was allowed. You're not allowed to be mad right now. This is the, this is like, I saw a great meme that was like, I've never seen anybody eating a Christmas cookie and crying. And I was like, oh, yeah. Watch me. <laughs> Want me to take a selfie right now? <laughs> well, and I think one thing you said to me is too, it's like, why? Like, it, it didn't make sense why you'd be mad three years out. We're like, okay, if you're going to be right. mad, you're going to get a pass to be mad like right after you lost your son or, or somewhere around that first year time, whatever. But, um, you know, you, you saved it all up for over the past three years, apparently. And it was coming out now and there's nothing you could have done about it. You were just, you were feeling this. It was really hard on my family. 
because I think let's all just rewind to that really great podcast that we did early in the holiday season where we're like talking about, okay, we're going to just mentally prepare for how hard the holidays are. And now I'm just embarrassed. We need to delete that, Brandon. Just delete that whole entire podcast. Well, I think it worked for everyone else that was listening to it. <laughs> um. I, I think that that's, that's not very, it's not very fair that, that this is when it was finally happening, um, (laughs) this year for, this year for Christmas, you know, I try to do things that bring make it fun for me and so I had made these sweatshirts for all of us that were quotes from the office my family all loves the office and I don't even watch it I just like I get secondhand office from everybody talking about it and um so we're trying to find all these quotes and there was one quote that we found and it said I don't hate it. I just don't like it. And it's terrible. <laughs> and I put that on Colton's sweater shirt because that's what people expect from Colton. <laughs> but really that needed to be mine. <laughs> Only it would have said, I hate it. I don't like it. And it's ter- <laughs> terrible. I, um, I don't know... I actually don't know if I've come to terms with the anger and these head, like, being mad at myself for being mad is, like, double, double whammy. Like, how is that even fair? Um, But I admitted it. It took me a few days to understand what was going on. And um, I I don't know. But I'm pretty sure you haven't thought about it all day. (laughs) Until right now. (laughs) No, today. Today there's been something else on my mind and on my heart and I think what I felt today is important because it helped me remember why why I sit here Because we have to talk about this. This topic. And I call it, even though we have like a million topics that we talk about, this topic of talking about the struggle, the real struggle that exists.
I think I spent a lot of time thinking maybe just forgetting why we made this decision to start this podcast. Because there's a lot of other things to think about. There's a lot of other things that are stressful or that weigh on me or tug on me. Um, And so it's easy to lose focus or lose purpose. Until it's 2.45 in the morning and you're getting texts from people who need this information. And man, when I when I woke up this morning, there was no longer a concrete box sitting on my chest. There was this burning, burning desire to just somehow help. This reminder that what we're talking about here and what we're sharing and what families are experiencing um, is real and we are not we're not all equipped to deal with this hard hard stuff but that we have this amazing resource to be able to share with each other in a very, uh, I mean, in just an amazing way, an amazing way. The reason why we started this podcast is because I was learning things and realizing things that I wish that I had known. Thanks to your years of experience and all of your personal problems. (laughs) I only had two. (laughs) That's not true. They were big ones, I guess, right? I I lost count. (laughs) And I know, and I'm going to echo something that I know we've said many times on this podcast, is that this is not intuitive. Um, Dealing with difficulties and struggles that are facing us as parents, our kids, our families as a whole, our communities. This isn't just follow your gut type of stuff. And that's why we have to talk about it. That's why that's why I have to show up. You know, um, most girls when they well, some girls when they grow up, when they hear a, a model, they think the runway. <laughs> and um, you're realizing that sometimes modeling, you know, how to how to just talk about these hard things. It's 
more like modeling the tear way. <laughs> and I didn't even bring any Kleenex in yeah, here Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here I mean, watching what you is going, wrong where with is us? Kleenex as your sponsor? <laughs> Kleenex, if you're out there, you could, you're missing out on a great opportunity to sponsor us on our podcast because, man, we get you some good business. Um, no, it's – and I bring that up. Uh, it's it's just not when you hear modeling, you hear modeling. It's really hard to kind of think that in 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 the frame of mind that oh, that means I have to wear the most ugliest, disgusting feelings and emotions on me and the things I've been through. I have to take these struggles and I have to put some sort of purpose or meaning behind it by being available for other people when I don't even think I'm available for my own life at times. But that quick switch from the, I, I call it like the emotional backdraft. Have any of you guys ever seen the movie Backdraft? <laughs> Old movie, but it's a great movie. An emotional backdraft is when you have too much time to overthink and contemplate the problems that you've, the bad hand that you've been dealt, the problems that you've had. And what, ha- what tends to happen is instead of it being a moment for you to reflect and process it, and to think about what you've learned and taken from it, if we're not careful, we can bathe in it. We can soak in it. And before we know it, our purpose, our pain is brought back to the surface, but we forgot there's a purpose for us to still be close to our pain. And it's easier said than done. Sometimes we, we don't realize that this is happening, and we don't realize that every time we have resistance to express what we're going through, we're actually not making ourselves available to show up to help other people with their pain. Recently, I heard something, uh, I can't remember where it was from, but oddly enough, it was from uh, Will Smith said something. And someone was asking him something about an interview um, about love. And he just simply said, he goes, when I think of love, he's like, I think it means help. He goes, life is a struggle. Everyone is going through something difficult. If we're willing to set aside our struggle and to help relieve someone else's pain and hardship, that is what love is. When you're willing to make someone's life more doable, easier to endure. And I, and I think about that, I, I just, it, I, I agree with that. That makes a lot of sense. Because here you are, Heidi, you're going through your own struggle. You're soaking, you're wallowing, you're grieving. And I wasn't saying like you weren't grieving, but like all this is part of grief. It's like anger. It's like, why is this happening? And then one phone call, you quickly remembered that you're going to be in this pain regardless if you show up to help other people with their pain or not. But when you do show up and you set your pain aside because your pain isn't going anywhere and you get involved in other people's fight, well, then your pain actually had a purpose. And the purpose was it, your pain's purpose wasn't to haunt you the rest of your life. Your pain's purpose for all you moms and parents out there listening, your fails in your life, it wasn't meant to be this zombie that awakens every time you make a mistake to remind you that you fall short as a mother, as a husband, as a as an employee or whatever it is, as a parent in your life. It's actually there to push you forward 
so that you are willing to help other people with their pain. When we forget that our pain is a great notifier and a great inspire, then that's when we can easily turn our pain in on us and it becomes like a backdraft where now instead of this helping us light the fight for other people, we can accidentally burn ourselves. It's easier for me to sit here and say on a podcast, it's hard for people to do that because it's a very fine line between opening up Pandora's box and reviewing bad life experiences, horrible mistakes or tragedies versus opening up Pandora's box, thinking about things you've gone through and seeing how you can flip that script around and use that to propel you to help with all the experience you have for other people to lighten their burden in their pain of what they're going through. Well, what's interesting that, like, obviously I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, man, David, did you see this coming? <laughs> this coming, like, in the last few weeks as I have been really struggling with my emotions, um, I didn't sit and analyze it and think, you know, I'm I'm having a backdraft or, you know, I just, I just felt stuck, and actually not not even stuck. I felt like I was spiraling downward. I didn't have, I didn't even have the ability to stop it, even though I really wanted to. But what's interesting is that. The only way that I could stop it was somebody else reaching out and needing me. And they're apologizing for bugging me, apologizing for asking me hard questions, maybe not realizing that they were helping me to stop this spiral. I think we're so afraid, and I think we've talked about it, we're so afraid of putting somebody out when really we're so, we're made to connect. We're not made to do it alone. And so, you know, obviously here I am with my own light bulbs going on. I I really feel bad that... <laughs> Podcast is just special for Heidi <laughs> so that I can realize. Um... Well, something that I didn't tell you earlier when we talked a week or so ago, when you kind of last week, it was when you started open up and talking about this stuff. Because right now you're sitting here and said, There's nothing I could do. Well, there's a lot of things you could do. <laughs> it just didn't come to mind like normal. It wasn't intuitive because yeah, someone reached out to you, but Heidi, the only way to stop the backdraft is you have to let the fire out. Your fire that's burning inside of you. You can't tell me that you don't know a lot of people who have lost their loved ones to suicide. Next year, 
before the holidays are going to come, you're going to plan specific gift baskets for them, cards for them, and you're going to blow their mind that you went through the DMs and you found them and you sent something to them. You're going to get responses from them. People are going to show gratitude and thank you. They're going to like, this woman, why did she go out of her way to better my situation? Why did she write in a card something that no one else has ever said to me before? See, you got caught off guard this year. To light the fight doesn't mean you wait for someone to give you a lighter. You already have the fire. You have to bring it to someone else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm so sorry to this family, to this scenario, that it had to be in this way. But let this be a lesson to you. Let this be a lesson to people who are listening. And trust me, your pain and your hurt has purpose waiting for you to call and summons it. It's up to us to look for. Where is the purpose in this crap? Why the hell am I still alive? Why the hell do I have all these opportunities to speak to the world that I'm extraordinarily blessed? That's good. To take why you know you're blessed and remember that you had to go through pain to realize why you're blessed, go revisit your pain and bless someone else with the gift of your experience. Because what you told that mom and those boys, trust me, not very many people know to say those things. When you lost Corey, the people that I brought to speak to some church members in, in your community, those people lost their children 12 years earlier. There was a line after we spoke, not to talk to me, to talk to those people because like, okay, we wanted to do this idea. They were sitting there. They left there and they said, yeah, we couldn't get out of bed for a week. So thanks, David, for inviting us to come talk. <laughs> Afterwards, yeah. But in that 24 hours, they showed up like gangbusters. They were heroes because they had answers that can only be forged from hurt and pain and experience. 12 years of dealing with holidays and, and grief and this and that and the other. And their son's suicide was very, very graphic and bad. They saw things that no parent should have to see. So they were able to light other people's fight because they showed up. You're going to be in pain anyways. Might as well inject it with some purpose. Because how do relationships work? We need to know that we want to, to feel safe and secure, we need to know people are going to show up for us. But to really feel safe and secure, we got to know when people are hurting that we have something to offer that can actually help. Think of how many people were feeling that they didn't do anything for you when it all happened. They're apologizing to you that they didn't do enough. And then you're trying to text back everybody. I'm sorry that you feel sorry. And you're trying to comfort everybody else. People are like, what can I do to let them know in some sort of action that I love them and that they mean something to me? And I feel horrible that I just kind of let my life go by and I forget to connect with people that matter. That's what always happens when there's a death. People are scratching for ideas. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And that's why some people miss and they do some things that aren't good. But the people that do some, that did some things for you guys that you didn't need, even though it was like that didn't help, 
it was enduring that they tried. (laughs) At least people were taking a shot. For sure. And that means a lot to you. It does. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have heard, and I think I mentioned on on the podcast, a famous Wayne Gretzky's quote, you miss every shot you don't take. Be out there. Yeah, well, (laughs) be out there looking for opportunities to flip your pain into some sort of purpose so it relieves and helps someone with their pain because that way they know they're loved. And when it's their turn to help someone else, they're going to have modeled by you what they need to do. Well, and it's hard to feel purpose when you're just super focused on feeling bad for yourself. (laughs) Well, the shame game is, is still alive and it's real. And sometimes when we play the game by ourselves. Uh, no one sees how bad we're losing. <laughs> right. So, I I do think I do think that the value of allowing myself time to feel it made me not want to be there again. Um, and I appreciate your suggestions of, you know, seeking ways to help, to to show up even before the need is there to show up almost or, or when many, you know the need is going to be there. How many times have you heard me say sometimes the best defense is a really good offense? Yeah. Sometimes you got to outscore your opponent. And in this case, your insecurities, your shame, your your fears, that is what's attacking you. And for anyone listening, regardless what your scenario is, your best offense is to be in front of it and to see that there's a pattern of this happening, specifically at certain times, specifically in certain situations, certain moments. So instead of bracing up and just trying to like weather the storm, throw the first punch. That's good advice. Because if you're going to be in a fight, whether you want to be in a fight, don't get mad because you got punched. Learn to defend yourself and you start throwing a punch. That's why I said next Christmas, do something different. Plan for this. Yeah. I'm going to. I will. <laughs> I better we'll put we'll a be reminder take, on my or, phone or, or I'll we'll forget. Take, light the fight will be taking December off next year. <laughs> Go to town, yeah. yeah. I was wishing that I was out of town the whole time. We'll be on remote from <laughs> North Shore of Hawaii. Well, I, I appreciate that. You know, there's nothing like a good, solid hindsight. Uh, 2020. Um, my, my, my heart, my mom heart goes out to everyone of of those of you who are listening um, that are worried about someone you love. Um, and I think that whole, this message of showing up, getting in front of it, being real, looking in the eyes, telling stories, connecting. 
when I met David, the very first day I met David, the first time that I sat in his office, he said, the kryptonite to depression is connection. And I sat there kind of trying to remember if kryptonite was a good thing or it was a bad thing. The Joker had it. Did he want it? Like, I was like, I'm not really like a superhero buff, but. Eventually you figured out what it meant. It took me a minute. <laughs> um, and I thought that I understood it. And. As every year has passed, I think that it has sunk in more fully and deeply. And I hope that it will continue. But I wrote on my Instagram this morning about that quote. And I know that those of us who are worried about people around us that we may know why they're struggling, we may not know why they're struggling, we may be aware of the problems, we may not be aware of the problems. But finding a way to connect with your own weaknesses, your own inadequacies, not maybe about, you don't even have to be connecting about the problem at hand, in fact, it's probably better if you're not connecting about the the problem at hand. Really contemplate this concept of connection. Because there's so much power in real connection. And I think in the past, when we first talked about it, I thought, you know, obviously... I know how to joke around with my kids and I buy them the kind of shoes they like. I clean their rooms when it gets really bad. You know, I make them their favorite meal. That's what I thought was connection. But connection requires this rawness and openness that is very uncomfortable that we don't practice in our society, in our world because we're so busy trying to keep it together. It's okay to fall apart a little bit so that you can create those connections, even if that means letting your kids know that you don't have it all together and that you don't know all the answers. I don't know, David, you came up with that phrase. That's your classic, classic David Kozlowski. What what would you add to that? Nothing. I mean, I think it just speaks for itself. I think the longer we live on this earth, we value relationships above everything else. Because at the end of our days... Who's going to be standing by us at our bedside? As we live through life, we go through divorces, heartaches, lost jobs, this and that. 
it's just something about when someone goes out of their way to smile at you, to send you a text, to really, really reach out to you. It is inspiring and it makes you want to do the same. We are faced as human beings with whole new distractions, whole new ways to become addicted to things that we didn't even exist a long time ago. But one thing is tried and true. At the end of the day, life's all about relationships. And this family will get through what they're going through because these relationships will sustain them through the most difficult time in their life. And if they did not have these relationships, they may not make it through it because let's face it, not everybody does. It's not always a success story. I wish I could tell you every family that I've helped out with this situation was a success story. I can't though. It doesn't always end that way. But for those people who have a community a tribe, people that go outside of their own comfort to help, aka love them, somehow, some way, the universe points in their favor and then they pay it forward when their time comes, just like you're doing right now. I think that the more that I got to know you, David, and listen to you, the more I realized that true connection and this investing in these relationships and, and showing up and helping and loving was the answer to all the problems. <laughs> if If we could distill it down, that's really what it's about. That's really what this podcast is about. That's really the purpose of us coming here and and opening this up, things that aren't pleasant and fun and entertaining um, to talk about is because it 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 matters in the end of the day this is what matters most and i i want you listeners to know how honored i feel that you that you listen to us and that you care enough and that you're trying and that as you listen you think to yourself oh no uh, I am not doing that. And then you find yourself trying it. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you as a listener for showing up. And I would like to add my two cents to that is that all you listeners, you're crazy. <laughs> you're absolutely crazy to be listening to us. I think this is absurd that they're listening to us, but it's good crazy. By the way, that was a compliment because all my friends are crazy. Everyone I like is crazy. But there's good crazy and bad crazy. And I'm saying, you're crazy excited. You're crazy to try to say, you know what? I don't know these people, but I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to take some of their suggestions. So keep on being wild and crazy in this way. Because I love it. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, we've been talking about this. And we haven't posted this on our social media or our webpage yet. But we can state the actual dates. Because if you'd like to learn more 
and see us and and be with us for an evening here locally. It's a free event. So Heidi, I want you to just tell them really quickly what's taking place. So we've teamed up with 1-800-CONTACTS, which is an amazing local company. And what we're going to do is provide a community night. It's going to be held at Corner Canyon High School, which is in Draper, Utah, January 31st. I want to say 7 p.m. Watch watch for that. I, I think I'm right. The date's right. Time could be 6.37. I think it's 7. Which is why we haven't posted it yet. We are doing what we like to call a first responder event or, or how to be a first responder, not an overreactor. Um, we actually kind of changed the name on this for our marketing purposes to, you know, don't freak out. Which is my just to my make it more advice. straight to the point. <laughs> um, yeah, everybody is welcome. Come and Be two hours. Uh, very valuable, foundational, life changing. It's it's kind of one of those things that you think, oh, I should know this, but it, it's it's really powerful, and I I hope that you'll come. I hope that you'll tell people your neighbors, your coworkers, anybody that you know um, to come that night, January 31st. Um, and then following right after. Following up right after that, February 8th and 9th, we are hosting um, a two-day, our parenting influence. It's how to max... Oh, gosh. Now I can't even remember. I'm all like... It's Parenting 19.0 for the new year. And basically... We're just going to break down to you in a very specific system how to be able to run your family like an effective family business. And just all the stuff that I've learned throughout the years, you know, Heidi's handpicked a lot of the stuff that has been most helpful for her and, and people that have known me. And so you get to get a full day uh, from nine to five about how this works, you know, what I basically teach people um, throughout the years and my coaching and my counseling. And then the second day we come together and it's a half day on Saturday and all the parents and everybody that comes to the seminar, the second day is just a time where we get to talk about everything we learn, compare notes, and really just kind of throw our own life experiences in the pot. And I think it goes without saying Saturday is the creme de la creme. Like Friday's the like the meat and potatoes, but Saturday is the tiramisu, the cheesecake, whatever your favorite dessert is <laughs> that Saturday. And uh, that's on February 8th and 9th. Again, all this will be up very soon. And our supporter packs that we've talked about throughout the past, that will also be uh, up on our va- on our website available right when we launch these two different events next week. So you'll be able to, if you saw, if you guys saw and liked those Light the Fight hoodies that Heidi wore in one of our Instagram posts or the t-shirts, we got, you know, t-shirts, buttons, we had, we had uh, the, 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 Wrist bracelets that say "Don't freak out at them" from Light the Fight. I have fight. to wear two every day. Yeah, we're gonna try to see one that fit around to. our neck <laughs> and really tight, so that she, you know, she remembers. <laughs> Anklets, you guys, it's hard for me. Okay, so yeah, the honestly, the workshop is amazing. This will be the third time that we're hosting this. Sold out um, the first two. It's right here in Salt Lake, and uh, we would love to invite you to come to that. So. You guys, as always, thank you so much for showing up, listening. Um, we appreciate you. We appreciate you helping to spread the word to those who may need this in their life and in their relationships. And we want to thank you, as always, for helping us to light the fight. <laughs>